I was able to go back, right, into my relationship with my father. And I was able to, I was able to go back and tap into how much pain he must have been in to have to hurt. Like how much confusion and pain that must that must have been there present in him to take it out on me. Because he would always say to me afterwards, it hurts me more than it hurts you. I never understood that until now. And I get it. He was doing the best he could, but yet couldn't stop himself from crossing that line of physical violence against his own child. And yet here I am. And within all that, he still taught me some things in life that have carried me this far. And so being able to go back and tap into that with him and then, you know, expanding that back generation, generation, the way he was treated and the way his father's father must have treated him and the way, you know, tracking it back. What a fucking opportunity I have to break that generational cycle. And I always say this to my friends, like whatever needs to end with me is going to end with me. And if I could have that come to some sort of completion so that my boys don't have to carry this, you know, like one more. What more could I ask for? Welcome to Masculine Mastery, a show dedicated to helping men open their hearts, rise into their greatness, and liberate their most alive, awakened, and authentic selves. My name is Christopher August, and I invite you to join me each week alongside some of today's most respected thought leaders, where we'll be diving deep into a wide range of topics to support the evolution of masculinity and the consciousness of this planet. are back in the lab cooking up another episode of the masculine mastery podcast today is a very special one this conversation i had with hugo chacon is probably one of the most real down-to-earth open-hearted conversations that i've had in a long time just to witness to hold space to feel this man's emotions his journey all of the pain and the struggle that he's gone through into all of the things that he's now stepping into. It's been and was an incredible, heartfelt conversation. And so Hugo has a very interesting story. He was born in El Salvador, and he left there when he was young and moved to Los Angeles, as I'll describe a little bit, and just talking about his relationship with his parents and the things that he's gone through. And, you know, he's also had 15 plus years working in the social services field, working with at-risk youth, fathers, and parenting support groups. And so he has a lot of beautiful stories and wisdom that he's gained throughout all of the years of him doing this work. And, you know, you can really feel it as he speaks out his, his experience, his stories, um, based on you know the way he grew up and really the the core theme here of this episode the the title is finding gratitude in trauma but it's it's even more than that you know it's about self love it's about finding the love within oneself and 
Yeah, you know, that's a journey we're all on. It's rediscovering that love that is within all of us. And, you know, I just was touched deeply by uh, his words and, and everything we spoke about. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward, you know, to you taking a look, listening to this episode. And before we get into that, if you're digging the Masculine Mastery podcast and you like all of the content being put out there, perhaps you've listened to one episode, maybe all of them, some of them, whatever it is. If you like this conversation and and all the other conversations, I would be so grateful if you could go to Spotify, give us a follow, um, rate us, rate the podcast, even on Apple. If you have uh, an iPhone, go to Apple and, and leave us a review. It really helps spread the word helps us get these messages out there helps more men uh, to connect to this show um, even women as well because I know a lot of women listening to uh, this podcast so also before we dive in I just want to let you guys know that the elemental seven-day Hawaii men's retreat. It is now open for enrollment. That is going to be happening January 29th to February 5th. I'm going to be co-leading that retreat with my brother, Sean Graves, who you've seen on the show before, if you've listened to other episodes. And we're going to be bringing together between 10 to 14 men to this incredible, beautiful, magical, pristine land in the big island of Hawaii, three acre property, fruit trees, just incredible gathering spot. Um, We're going to be doing so many different things from breath work, sound healing, movement. We're going to be facilitating workshops. Um, We're going to be going deep into nature, to volcanoes, to waterfalls, to swimming with dolphins. So it's going to be a really immersive full-on transformational experience. So if you feel the call and you're ready to to step into the fire and you're ready to transform, heal, elevate yourself, this is the time. It's going to be a wonderful way to kick off 2023. Come join us in Hawaii, January 29th to February 5th. You can go to masculinemastery.co slash elemental to learn more and to apply for your spot. And if you have any questions, of course, you can reach out to me personally on Instagram, Christopher underscore August. You can go to our uh, Instagram page, masculine.mastery, and uh, we look forward to hopefully seeing you there. Without further ado, let's jump in. See you guys on the other side. What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to the Masculine Mastery Podcast. And today I am really stoked to have a conversation with Hugo Chacon. And I just met Hugo, what, maybe a week, two weeks ago online, just saw some of the content he was posting. He was affiliated with some some people I knew in Sacred Sons and you know, just felt a deep resonance with this man. And so I'm like, well, why don't you come on the podcast and let's let's talk about your background, everything that you've you've been through, everything you've experienced. And and really I think one of the themes that we both identified that is really a passion for both of us and has really what's helped us to grow and evolve is being fathers. And as I was just talking to him, I said, you know, this conversation isn't happening a lot and I think it needs to happen more. And so I think we'll, we'll dive a little bit into fatherhood and some, some different things as well, but what's up, my man, how are you? Oh, I'm good. So grateful to be here, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So before we get into all of that, I would love to just kind of 
take a step back and just get a little bit of a background on you, your story. I know you're from El Salvador. That's where you were born. Um, what is, I mean, what has your upbringing been like as, you know, living in El Salvador, now living in the U.S. and everything that you, I'm sure, have had to go through throughout your life. So just tell us a little bit about your background and your story. Oh, man. So I was brought over from El Salvador at the age of two, uh, crossed the border through Texas, and then took a train to Los Angeles where my father was. So up to that age, either my mom or my dad wasn't present because they were here in the States working, sending money back or vice versa. And um, yeah, I hadn't seen my dad for quite a while. My grandma raised me. My grandma was like, I love her. You know, she's not with us anymore, but she's with me, if you know what I mean. And um, yeah, grew up in Los Angeles, went to school out in San Fernando Valley. Um, but it, for me, it's difficult to speak of my childhood without bringing forth the awareness around my relationship with my father and how important that was to where I am today because um, my interactions were him were very violent. He was a very, he, he disciplined through, you know, through hitting us or hitting me. And that created a huge confusion in my head because I could never understand how someone that's supposed to love me so much hurt me so bad. And that that was pretty much what guided my childhood. And that's what I mean. Like that infiltrated every relationship, friendship I had, where if I couldn't trust the one person I'm supposed to be able to trust the most, how can I trust anybody else, bro? And I knew that early on. You know, and then being, arriving there at two and then being sexually abused at six and my babysitter's, by, an, by another man, it really shifted my perception about how dangerous men were. At six, I had made up my mind that I couldn't trust men. Wow. So fast forward to now, just a quick, you know, insight of where things are for me now. I had a huge awareness around the fact that if I couldn't trust the masculine with me being a man, then how can I even trust myself? And talking about fatherhood, I couldn't even trust myself around my own kids, my bro. Because mm. I thought I was going to hurt them. And one piece where I saw that the most was, you know, growing up, after I was sexually abused, one thing that I really realized was how at that point when that happened, like life lost its magic for me. Like I lost the fervor, you know, that wonder. It lost its magic for me. I then having my experiences with my dad and other men as I grew up in my family, it really dampened my experience of life. Like it just, I didn't enjoy it. And then when I became a father, which I was never ready, which I wasn't really ready for. I mean, it just like people told me, but until you go through it, man, like there's nothing, it's so unique. 
I'll put it like this. This is what brought me to my knees, bro. Like, I couldn't even shower my own kids because I thought I was going to touch them wrong because I was sexually abused. Wow, that hits. Yeah. That's what I mean. I couldn't trust myself around my kids. Or I was scared I was going to rage at them and hit them like I was hit. So I would pull back, you know? And things would still come out sideways. They still, you know, emotionally and verbally, I would be very, very rough with them. But in my mind, if I wasn't hitting them, I was doing a good job. If I wasn't touching them, I was doing a good job because I was protecting them. Like, I wish somebody would have protected me when I was growing up. Mm. So those were the two main, as I was growing up in LA, you know, that those were the two main things that were driving my experience around people. So I never really built these relationships, you know, these good relationships with people because I never wanted them too close. And if if they did, get close, then I was really good at sabotaging it and cutting it from the root. I'm like, see you later. But I couldn't do that with my kids. I had to move through it. I had to move through whatever was coming up. And yeah, man. Powerful story. And I just want to say I honor you for for being the man that you are and for for sharing that and for showing up and, and I'm sure everything else that you've had to go through to get to where you are now, which we'll get into a little bit. But one thing I wanted to add to that is that I see so many men in such similar situations. Uh, Right now I have a client similar abused at a young age, can't trust the masculine. And I also find that I'm sure you do, which you can probably speak to as well is that when you come into a men's space, oftentimes when the first person comes in or, you know, first time that they're there, there's a hesitation. There's a, there's a barrier. There's a net that's put up around them because they're unsure about how to act or how somebody might react to them. And there's so much that has been programmed within us outside of just, you know, the situations you shared, but even from a social perspective of everything that's conditioned to us not to trust the other man because the other man is violent or um, we live in a culture of competition. So it's, there's a lot of unsafety and, and then thus pointing back to the man himself who feels unsafe in his own body because of this and of course many other things. So I'd love to hear about one, your transformation from being where you were at that point to where you are now and what you've also witnessed within the the space of and holding space for other men. So what's coming forward is the, the big awareness, the big aha that I had around everything that happened to me was that I had picked up right where my abusers left off. Like, yeah, I wasn't getting hit anymore and the sexual abuse wasn't happening, but emotionally, verbally, thought-wise, I was being so abusive of myself, the way I spoke to myself, the way I the way I showed up in life. Because here's the piece, man, and this is the piece that's rather steep for me. Is like, after being, after having the experience of being sexually abused, this thing stuck with me of like this 
this this feeling of always being dirty. Like always being off. Like something was wrong with me. And that 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 feeling of always being dirty filtered into my whole life and the way I made my decisions and the way I interacted with people. I used to I used to manipulate, lie to get my way, like anything I had to do just to feel safe, right? So when that awareness came in and it became so fain, pain, painfully present when my kids were around because I couldn't have that energy like present while trying to be unconditionally loving to them. It just didn't fit. And when those two energies showed up at the same time, that's when it brought me to my knees. And I had to go into a place of like, okay, so where, what now? Because it hurts so much. You know, and I used to run to porn, to sex, to food, just to numb it out because it was so painful. But I got to a point where those things weren't numbing it out anymore. And so I had truly, I had to truly step into this honesty with myself about how I was relating to myself, how I was continuing to abuse myself and take responsibility for a lot of the things. And now, not to the point where they're eliminated, but just begin to put awareness on them. And that's when awareness showed up. That's when like sacred suns showed up when all these other opportunities showed up to, to find places where I can release and process these traumas into the next layer, into a deeper layer. And for me, that next layer went from being the victim of these traumas to feeling grateful for these traumas, which was absolutely heart-blowing. It was mind-blowing to even think that I can be like, thank you so much for sexually abusing me because without you, I wouldn't be in this room around these men doing this work. Mm. Wow. What, I'm curious, what was the catalyst for you to like come to that point of awareness where things like shifted? Was there anything like that stood out to you or was it just like a inner awareness, something that just kind of happened one day or something gradual over time? Or was there a spark, something that got you from where you were to really start questioning things and really looking at yourself in a different way and taking responsibility than of course, all of the other mirrors on the outside, sacred sons and all these other uh, organizations and people showing up for you. The one thing that comes, that came straight in was that it was the love for my kids, man. It was a love beyond words. The love for myself was conditional and I could rationalize it. I could put it in its place. The love for my kids is non-negotiable. And there's a fire in me. There's this unwillingness to give into the idea that my love for them could be conditional. And there is this thing in me that I can't name, I can't put a face to it, but there's this thing in me that keeps putting me in these environments to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And when I think I can't, I can. There's that one more push inside of me that'll make, that'll, that will be like, you could take a deeper cut. You can go in deeper. You can do this. Because at the end of the day, what's very clear to me in my mind's eye and my heart 
is that I'm here to finish what my dad couldn't. What my grandfather couldn't. And I'm here to clear as much as I can so my kids don't have to clear what I'm clearing now. And I can't tell you how I know that, but I just feel it. I know it deep in me that that is it. And, And in that, there's this amazing opportunity to learn how to love myself to a devil that I have never loved myself before. Myself. Mm. I hold to that, man. Thank you for, yeah, for being you and for sharing that so raw. And that love that you speak of about your children, you know, I, as a father, I, I, I can feel it in my bones as you're, as you're speaking, I can feel it in every cell of my being and hmm, the love for ourselves Isn't that the hardest one, right? That's the one that when I think I got it, there's a deeper cut, there's a deeper <laughs> cut to take or a deeper leaning to do into because there's always that next, Oh, you could have done that better. Or you could have showed up different there. You know that one of the things that I've, learned in this journey is at one point I thought that that voice would go away when I first came into this, you know, doing what I, the work that I do, I thought at some point that voice would disappear, but I'm finding that it doesn't like, it's always there, but what's appeared is this other voice. What showed up is that light that I spoke about that keeps having me leaning into things. That, that light has a voice and it has energy. And so even though this tape is playing, these old stories are playing, this voice has started to get louder and louder and louder. Maybe I'm going from judging myself 30 times a day to just 10. But I'm finding now beauty in the progress of it, not the perfection of the process. And I take that into the parenting of my kids because I I just want them to be good people. Like I tell them, have a good heart. Treat people right. It's not about being perfect. And like the the gentler I am with myself, the gentler I am with them. And honoring them as individuals and giving them the dignity of their own process. Because the most painful parts for me is when I lose it sometimes. And I, and I know that what I'm saying could be creating some type of trauma to them. Those are the painful moments for me. But I'm able to catch myself quicker now and say, like, no, this is, this is not about them. They didn't do anything. This is you. So I'm able to have those conversations now within myself while things are going on, you know, like watching the watcher, witnessing the witness. And I now I see myself like shifting paradigms and timelines for them because today I chose not to raise my voice to them. Even though what they did was like, you know, whatever. But today I chose to speak to them with respect and to, to create a teaching moment. It's deep medicine, man. Very deep. And you, you spoke to so many things that really hit home for me and hit my heart, you know, and speaking about clearing these timelines and generational traumas and all of that, like, this is what we're all being called to, you know, and this is the deepest work anybody can do. And it takes bravery. It takes courage. It takes, it takes heart to go into these places where the, 
darkness lies, those shadows that uh, maybe mm, we don't want to fully look at. But when we do, like you were saying, you know, the light gets stronger, the more light enters your cells and your DNA. And so I would do a lot of work with the gene keys. And, you know, this is a really big concept of the gene keys is, you know, really every shadow contains a gift. And that as we move through these spots within ourselves that are quite sticky and difficult at times, you know, the lighter, the lighter we get, but yeah, I, I, it's definitely not an easy path, but I know one thing that really came through for me was finding gratitude in it, like you've mentioned. And I think if you can find appreciation and gratitude in this process, it makes it a little lighter. You can, you can move through it in different ways with different awareness. Yeah, man, that was, that was a huge paradigm shift for me, the gratitude piece. Mm. Cause you know, it allowed me to not only feel gratitude for those moments, but then it allowed me to start celebrating myself and my life too. Cause it opened up those possibilities of those moments where I, cause there's moments that I feel really aligned and there's moments I feel really connected. But in the past it'd be like, Oh, well that's how it should be. That's what I'm working for. Like, you know what, you know, but now I'm learning how sacred those moments are. Just how, just as how those moments that happened to me in the past are sacred. They were almost ceremonial, which is a, for me to say that is really, you know, it's something. So like those were my ceremonies or, or my initiations into certain paths of my life that I had to take. And, you know, I ended up doing 12 years of social work with kids between the ages of six and 18 that were having difficulties with themselves. And the only reason that I could resonate with them because of what I had gone through. So you, you spoke to, and you asked about holding space for other men. And what I've learned is I can only take a brother as deep as I've been willing to go. Mm. And you can't fake that shit. I mean, you can't fake it. Nope. You can't show up and be like, Oh no, it's such an energetic thing. Because brothers that held for me, for me to move through what I had to move through, had done their own work. Had gone to depths that they've, you know, that they were able to meet me there and hold for me. And so I take that same learning when I hold space for men and also when I hold space as a father. That's a bigger picture here, man. It's like the container is not this big. It's like this big. And they have every right as kids to explore and find out, make mistakes, fall, get back up. Something I wasn't allowed to do as a kid. But that gratitude introduces grace. Mm. And then that grace introduces flow. Mm. And then that flow introduces connection. And then that connection introduces intuition. And the intuition introduces source into everything for me. And so when I'm with my kids and I see them, like my job is to give them as many avenues to explore as possible while holding the container for them. And it's a great feedback for me of when I, when I'm off or not, when my heart and mind are not in coherence and I react to certain things, then the container is falling apart. I need to go back and re reestablish it. So it's like, it's never over. It's never done. It continues. 
you know, they told me when you jumped off the cliff, it's a cliff you're never going to land from. I didn't understand that until now. It's a constant for me. It's a constant um, course correction, course correcting thing. We're going one way. Oh, okay. Go this way. Go that way. And then sometimes it's about letting it fall apart. Letting it fall apart. I've had some beautiful relationships just simply fall apart because there was no more resonance. And instead of trying to save them, let them go. That's been a tough one for me, man. Because mm. some of those are family members. <laughs> and uh, it's tough. Yeah. It seems to be that life is one long shamanic initiation and apprenticeship. That's the way I've been viewing it lately. It's like. Oh, I love that. What? Yeah. Uh, what's next on the table? What's 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 here for me? And, and looking at it from a way of, okay. I'm in this apprenticeship. I chose this apprenticeship. I chose, chose this process. My soul on a higher level chose to go through this. So that gratitude, as you mentioned, moves into grace and some moments are pretty fucking dirty and they don't look good, you know, but at the same point, you know, it's, it's through the knowingness, the awareness that you chose it as the way you can move through it in a higher way. And yeah, there's a lot of power in that as well. And you also mentioned something about the letting go process. And I think that's really, you know, something that I've been really contemplating a lot lately is that letting go is the lesson of life. If you were to nail and, and really view and narrow down into one core lesson, I think that all humans have to go through, it's letting go. It's the control aspect that our ego has into let everything dissolve and trust the process. Letting go and trust. Ooh. Those are the two that hit <laughs> hit the heart the most for me. I hear you on that, man. And for me, where I'm at with that is the letting go of the letting go, man. Like as soon as I think I let go, I haven't. Because if I can name it and tell you when I let go, <laughs> that I haven't let go, you know, like, and that's the, that's, that's, huh? that's the paradox, you know, because right now I'm in the middle of really looking at my relationship with spirit and source. Because a lot of, a lot of this journey was going back to those events and seeing where was God in this? You know, where was spirit in this? Where were you when this was happening to me? How could you let this happen? You want me to trust you and yet this happened? So a lot right now for me is this rebuilding of this relationship with spirit and source and understanding that there was, there was an energy in those events that kept me going, that, that kept me alive through all this. You know, they joke about, oh, but did you die? But it's true. It's like, I made it. I'm here with you right now having this conversation. And like, I know those things that happened were infused by the light of spirit to somehow get me through all that to be able to be here and experiencing fatherhood and experiencing sacred sons and all that. So now getting the other side of the coin, you know, and it's like when I think I understand source, then I know I need to let go of the letting go and, and look at it again. Cause something happens when I can put it into words like, 
because that experience is for me is wordless. It's not, I can't describe it to you. I can't tell you. So a lot of things I keep sacred within myself because as soon as I try to identify it, like, oh, there it goes, like it leaves, you know? So instead of rebuilding a relationship with, 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 uh, with God, with source and just trusting that what's mine is mine and what's not, is not. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, it's a deep place to come to is that place of trust. And it's, that's been an, it's been a battle for me as well in different ways, but just trusting that there is a divine intelligence that if I jump that I may fall, but I still got a cushion under me, you know, that there's still that, that process where, you know, I can, I can go out there, I can make leaps, but know that there is a higher intelligence that is helping to facilitate this process with me and co-facilitating, co-create this process. And, you know, again, those moments that you do feel that deep divine connection, it is wordless. There's not, you can't put any words or any language to that feeling. And that's the other thing that I think is what a lot of us like to do is we like to try to label something, right? We put a, we want to box it in Mm. and put a label on it and stamp it and send it out. But it's like, Mm, there's just, you know, much of the grandiose of this play, this beauty that we're all in this human experience is, is wordless, is formless, is, is on, you can't, you can't put anything on it, but we attempt Mm -hmm. to, our egos do at least. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I remember there's two, there's two experiences for me where it's timeless and spaceless and you can't quantify one was my love, was the love I felt for Mm -hmm. my grandma. I knew she loved me. She never said it, but I just knew she loved me. And I was blessed enough to be by her bedside when she took her last breath. And that was that was just a beautiful experience, but I knew she loved me. And I can't tell people, I can't put it, I can't tell people how I knew, I just knew she loved me. And the second one is, again, the love I feel for my kids. It's it's not even quantifiable, brother. It, it is it is not even fucking it's not even a word. Love is not even capture or begin to capture the essence of what I feel for them and know for them. Like that one right there. And and they've shown me that that's available for myself and my inner child as well. Because right now in my journey, I'm still quite, you know, like, I don't know, like this self-love thing is such a hard thing for me. And it's, a, it's sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes it's it's really good. But it's like I'm still trying to word myself to love or love myself to words, however you would say it, you know, affirmations and gratitude. And uh, I love myself because, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. When inside, I do know it's more of a feeling tone. For myself than it is the the act of writing or saying things to myself so that's the constant thing that's present for me you know it's that connection between the inner and the outer playing it off itself it's isn't, amazing isn't that for us amazing. all brother i feel that i feel that very <laughs> uh very deeply yeah you know the the speaking about children and, you know, maybe this is the the right bridge into fatherhood a little bit, but 
Yeah. They're, you know, when people tell you before you have a kid, they're like, yeah, you know, it's like, you can't even explain how much love you feel for them. You know, so many people tell me this, I'm like, okay, yeah. Okay. And I don't understand, but I will at some point. And then, you know, once that, once that, that soul is born and that baby comes out for that first time, it's like, it's the most miraculous thing that anybody could ever witness. One, watching the feminine go through another shamanic initiation and literally just a ayahuasca trip. Pretty much. My wife was, I think for our son, it was like 22 and a half hours, you know, holding space and being present and aware for that. Like that was the craziest space holding I've ever gone through. And, you know, and I'm sure you can probably attest to, to, you know, the same in some ways, but yeah, you know, just that, that love that you speak to is like, again, you can't, you can't say it's so beyond that. And it just intensifies all the fucking time. It's like, how does this get stronger? Why is this getting stronger? Like, and accepting it getting stronger, but just like questioning, like what, what is going on? Because I feel like every, it's just like, it's just growing and growing. I'm like, how much capacity do I have to hold this love within? And like you yeah. also mentioned is children being those, those mirrors. They are the most sacred mirrors there are. And really I say three things to people said, if you want to grow and evolve at a very fast rate, have a child, be an entrepreneur and be in some sort of like conscious relationship. And like those three things will expedite your evolution by far. And uh, I think uh, having a child is, yeah, it, it shows you everything. It's so, it's so powerful. Yeah, totally, man. And you know what it, what that love you speak of did for me too was I was able to go back right into my relationship with my father and I was, able to, I was able to go back and tap into how much pain he must have been in to have to hurt his mm-hmm. own child. Like how much confusion and pain must have, must have been there present in him to take it out on me. Because he would always say to me afterwards, it hurts me more than it hurts you. I never understood that until now. And I get it. He was doing the best he could, but yet couldn't stop himself from crossing that line of physical violence against his own child. And yet here I am. And within all that, he still taught me some things in life that have carried me this far. And so being able to go back and tap into that with him and, you know, expanding that back generation, generation, the way he was treated and the way his father's father must have treated him and the way, you know, tracking it back. What a fucking opportunity I have to break that generational cycle. And I always say this to my friends, like, whatever needs to end with me is going to end with me. And if I could have that come to some sort of completion so that my boys don't have to carry this. You know, like, one more. What more could I ask for? If this is it for me, if this is it, if this was it. You know, we've come a long way. 
We've come a long way. Mm. Yeah, there's so much power in that. To break that, to, to clear that, to release that, and to take ownership of that fully. And yeah, everything you shared, like I can't, I just like feeling all of that. It's, there's, mm, to even get to that point. Yeah, just the, the deep level of of trauma and sadness, you know, that sits below the surface in many men, you know, and, and this is, this is another thing that I wanted to ask you of like, kind of what was your initiation into working deeper in this space and this calling to work with men? Cause you know, for me, it was like, this is my, it was part initiation from fatherhood and, and other sources. I mean, just my own life in general, but you know, I, I started to view this as probably not probably it is the most important work that can be done on planet earth right now. Hands down. Totally, man. And this journey started for me probably what's okay, six years ago when I was at a mm. point in my life where everything was coming like everything was intersecting that had happened to me in life. It felt like all my roads were converging and there either was going to be an explosion or an opening of new paths. And I was in so much pain, so much pain. I didn't know if it was worth continuing to live brother. Like that's how dark it got for me. Like that's how dark it got. Cause I didn't know what to do anymore. The numbing out wasn't working. Everything else wasn't working. I was being reflected back by my family, the work I needed to do. And so I came across uh, Preston Smiles, and I did one of his workshops. And it was the first time that I had ever been, heard of breathwork, somatic release. Um, what else did we do? Ecstatic dance. Like I had ne- my wife, my life had never been exposed to that until that weekend. And then there happened to be a brother there who was connected to Sacred Sons. And so I, my something in me just said, you need to go. I can sign up, not even knowing what it was. I just signed up. It was time. And I arrived. And this was my initiation. I arrived at one of their biggest events, which is Convergence. Mm-hmm. There were almost, there were 150 men there. Men. And I'm coming from this place of, of, of this, you know, just realizing how much men had traumatized me in my life. And I walk in and there's all these dudes around and I freak out I'm like, oh my God. And they like to hug and they like to have contact and they like to talk to each other and all this stuff. And I remember having this awareness of my body was petrified. I was so scared, but yet my soul knew I had to be there. And that was the first time I was introduced to what, you know, leaning in or really going into the fear because I was so scared. And yet I had to be there. I knew I had to be there. It was like the reappearance of that inner light coming up and saying, yeah, this is for you. This is your place. This is where you got to be. This is where you got to be. And so that whole weekend was like a whole initiation of being around men. And I was ready, man, like a, I understood somehow in me that the deeper that I looked into things, the greater the opportunity was on the other end. 
And so that's what I've done now. That, that's what I do. That's all I know how to do now is to show up and be vulnerable. Because in that, it reaffirms that I accept myself and love myself. To have that experience of just being myself. It's like, this is who I am. If, if, you, if we vibe, cool. If we don't, God bless you, you know. You know, but I can't continue to put these layers on me just to fit in or to be accepted. Like, I'm not willing to do that, nor am I willing to continue to tear my ass, myself down, you know? Like, that's something that just came in maybe a couple months ago, this unwillingness to be like, yeah, okay, if you say you don't like yourself, then you got to say you got to like yourself two more times, whatever, I don't know. But there has to be a counterbalance. Because I know what that mm. other side looks like. I spent a lot of years there, you know, and I can tell you what it smells like, what it looks like, how dark it is, you know, the texture, the smell. I could, I could describe it to you to a T of what that world looks like. And the exciting part for me now is I could start describing to you what it feels like to feel connected and to feel good. And to tell you that I can't tell you because I don't know how to put it into words. Like that right there alone to identify that piece is huge for me because I didn't even think it was possible six years ago to be there. Mm. Wow. What an experience too, especially it's a beautiful initiation into the work and, you know, into that space and, and feeling the way that you did and having to go through that and to face your fears in that moment, you know, and that's, yeah, such good medicine for anybody, especially somebody that has the background that you've experienced to go through that. And yeah, you know, and really at the end of the day here, if we're just going to sum up our conversation so far, it's really just about the layers that we shed and shedding those layers to find that authenticity and that truth, that love that lies within. And that's really our only job here is as we unlearn and we kind of remove the obstacles, the clouds that have been in the way as we part those, we find that sun that's there. And, you know, I think as men, as humans, you know, that is our path together. But I find the potency of men gathering together, men coming together in a circle to, to talk, to share, to gather, to to go in and confront these parts of themselves that are quite fucking scary at times. But when you have another brother by your side that is willing to go in with you, that is willing to support you, that is willing to keep you accountable to who you are, really, that's that's the best medicine right there. Absolutely. And I've learned that those are the spaces to go and do what I need to do mm. for myself. It's not my wife's responsibility. It's not my kid's responsibility. It's not theirs to hold. And before, that's, that's what I was doing. I was putting my stuff on them. But what I've learned is, like, these are the spaces you go into to, like you said, clear as much as you can. You know? My wife jokes, is like, I never know who's going to come back. You know, every time I leave, and I'm like, yeah, I don't either. Because it's such a difference, and I have to come back and reintroduce myself and, be in, and, you know, let her know where I am inside and communicate to her the shifts that happen for me. Or else we don't, it takes a while for us to resonate, but now we're learning that it's important to have that reintroduction conversation. Mm. 
whether she goes away or I go away, but we need to know how, where we are to be able to meet each other there, you know? Because without that, it's like a guessing game. It's like, oh, is, is she different? How is he different? Now it's like, no, this is, this is where I am. And it's a beautiful way to, to move through the relationship. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's that communication piece, which is so pivotal and, and also being able to, and I was having this conversation um, a little while ago with, with Michael Gay. Do you know Michael? Oh my God. I love Michael. He walked me through my initial process. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good man. He's a really... Oh man. I, oh, my heart. I just, I love him. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's a stand up guy and just, yeah, our conversation was really great. We were talked about, um, you know, many of the similar things, but you know, different as far as, you know, stories are concerned. But one thing that we really spoke to was, you know, I think a lot of men, it's common for us to have, and if we are open and that is the case, if we are open to emotionally dump in some ways with our partners, when really that space, when you're doing it with other brothers and men, there is something sacred about that. And I think is important as well. Very, very important to have that community and to have at least a couple people that you can call. Like I was going through a pretty dark night of the soul, you know, a month ago, three weeks ago, and is a really dark place within myself. And I, fortunately I have several different people I can call, talk to a couple of my, my good friends. And, you know, it's just like having that space held for me, no fixing, no, no, none of that. Just, just listening and supporting and, you know, I got you type of deal. And that's, that's uh, so important for, for all men. Oh, I believe it for me, it's, it's a huge, it's a lifeline, man. You know, like it keeps, it's like a tether to the, it's a tether to, to possibilities. You know what I mean? Like, I have options now where before I didn't, you know, I felt like I had to go through it myself or you're right. I had to dump my partner, my family. Now I know there's something else I could do to reach out, have a brother hold and just be heard, be seen. And most of the time, like I'll find myself once that goes and inspiration comes in and I know, I know, like I know that I know next, like I know where to flow next. You know, but it's 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 critical, and and there's things that happen on the weekends I don't share with my wife. Like you said, I keep those sacred for myself. You know, and there's things that I do share, but I'm learning that spiritual discernment of mm. what's mine and what's not. It's a huge it's a huge one. You know, what's me, what's mine to share with others, and what's mine to keep for myself. To keep that fire burning, and to keep the awareness going. You know, so. That discernment has served me very well and who to reach out to and who not to, you know, because that's big, 100%. Too, you know, for me, you know, I got to be able to know. So, mm. yeah, man. I'm curious to know, have you done any work with the Gene Keys at all? Not at all. all. Right, we'll talk offline, but I will mention that everything you're saying is in deep resonance and it's a very powerful path for self-illumination. And, and you know, you're speaking about emotionally, mm. you know, dis, uh, spiritual discernment and where to share yourself and where not to share yourself. And this is a big part of the Venus sequence, which is all about opening your heart and, and moving into the unconscious core wounds that we've 
been imprinted within us. And it's all about healing our relationships, specifically our intimate relationships as well. And, um, you know, speaking about there is a point where I think a lot of people want to just spew everything. And there's, there's parts that are meant to be kept sacred and close to the heart. And there is a discernment that happens there you know, very much. And I think that's a, an interesting uh, place of navigation for a lot of people, including myself of, of that. But yeah, I think uh, just the point being uh, really that discernment in all areas is key. And I think the deeper you go within yourself and you peel back the layers, you become more discerning to all energies of life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, especially when it comes to, you know, sharing my experience, I, it's very, I'm not an expert in anything. I don't I haven't like specialized in anything, you know, but what I can share is my, my experience, what happened in my heart, what's happening. And I don't mean my physical heart, I mean my, 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 like my heart, 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 you know? Yeah. That's all I can speak to and come from. And what I'm finding is that as long as I come from that, what happens needs to happen. And my, you know, one of my intentions is to live, is to live from there as much as possible. Even though sometimes it gets really hard, but to be able to just come back to that, keep coming back, keep coming back and, and apply the same to myself as a person and my beingness. And this human experience I'm having, you know, this awareness of, yeah, I'm not this body, I'm not this, but right now I am. And I got to treat myself as as kind as I can while I'm here. Yeah. And that is the key. And I think that sums up, everything just came full circle for me right in that moment. Because, you know, really, if we were to get into the depths of pinpointing the theme of this conversation, I would, I would argue to say that it has a lot to do with the love for oneself and, and coming back to that heart and also yeah. coming back to the humanness and embracing that. And there's one kind of qualm that I have with a lot of the spiritual community is that most of the time in many of these communities, not all, but a lot of times it's not grounded it's it's how can i move beyond this experience i am not my body i'm not my mind okay yeah in a way yes but now in embracing the humanness of who we are of this body of this entire makeup in this experience to fully embrace that and be in it because it is a very spiritual experience as well, you know, and, and I think a lot of times it's easy just to kind of move beyond that, but there's something that I really like, um, about this conversation with you is cause I feel a deep resonance with your heart and as well as what you're saying, because a lot of my life, even though we have different backgrounds and the different things we've experienced, I feel like there's a lot of similarities in really bringing that, that groundedness practicality to this realm that can, yeah at times feel a little too out of hand. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think that's where it comes forward for me about not putting words to the, anything, <laughs> anything that I experience inside, like not to put, try to p explain it or cause if you can't, you know, for me, it's like, 
it's more of a operation of the heart. So if I show up a certain way, the energy should be communicated without words needed. And if it's not, then cool, you know, but I just got to keep going back in. That's what's keeping something in right now. I got to keep going back in. I have, you know, and then there is the piece of, no, I'm choosing to go back in. I don't have to do anything. I cho I'm choosing to be there. I'm choosing to come from. So that's where my transition is from that feeling of I have to, to now I'm choosing to. Like I'm choosing to see this. I'm choosing Boom. to go into this area. I'm choosing that sense of empowerment, which just goes hand in hand with the way I'm treating myself in this physical body. You know, if there's judgment and all that stuff present, then I know I'm not completely there. Mm. Yeah. 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 And that, that, that sort of inner mantra of life is happening through me and not to me that I am creating this and I am responsible for this and I am choosing everything. Oh. And that is, that is power right there. And that's something I think a lot of times, you know, it's easy to play that card of victim, but to really go come into creatorhood and to claim that is mm. fuck man that's 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 the journey and i think uh we're all we're all on that because we are such you know if you zoom out from that soul level yeah we are all powerful and then coming into this human yeah. form into this density it's it's uh dialed back a little bit and it's finding that power again it's reclaiming it and yeah that's yeah. Uh, it's, uh everything we've been talking about i like that remembering to remember <laughs> as brother Kali says Remember to remember. <laughs> oh, whatever this uh, whole thing, this this sort of game we're we're all in this theater. But I I embrace every minute of it, and uh, yeah, get to have these these illuminating conversations is what really uh, lights me up. And uh, yeah, if you want to uh, share a little bit about maybe some things that you're up to in the world and. Yeah, just uh, before that, just honoring you for, you know, everything that you've shared, everything that, uh, you know, you've gone through and, and knowing that you're, you're, you're really doing the work. And I appreciate that. Thank you, brother. Yeah, just thank you for the opportunity mm -hmm. to be here. And one of the things that's come through like a megaphone in this journey is the importance of having the opportunity to to do this in your native tongue. And I was able to do a couple processes in Spanish that allowed me to tap into some deep, deep energies that I wasn't able to when I had to translate it into English, if that makes sense. So, Sacred Sons, we're gonna be in Mexico, September 1st to the 4th in Tepoztlan, uh, doing it in our very first all-in-Spanish EMX for Brothers in Mexico. So that's really exciting, and I really feel it's a threshold for my own, you know, my own experience of having my individual processes in Spanish now to be able to do a whole event in Spanish. Four days of just native tongue on, on sacred land in Tepoztlan with Manu and Ivan and other brothers. Just feels so right and in such a good way that I'm excited. My heart is like, yeah, man, this is it. You know, this is mm. what it's about. So just looking forward to that, looking forward to that and, and watering the, the flowers that are there and just seeing what mm. happens. 
like trusting, we said, trusting, man, trusting. <laughs> trusting that what needs to come through That's will it. come through. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know, interestingly enough, I'll be be there at the same time. I'll be anchoring that energy for you while you guys are are facilitating and. Yeah, it's uh gracias, gracias. I I you know it's interesting cuz being living in Mexico, I've lived in Mexico for a year now. And uh, I love this land. This land's very very magical, very powerful land. And um you know, I find that there's a lack of spaces and support for men, especially in this culture. This culture is very interesting from a masculine standpoint, which that's a whole nother conversation, but well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I, I yeah. find that the men coming to my men's circles, I get half and half. I get some, you know, American Canadian expats, but I do get some Mexicans coming through and it's really powerful medicine. And I think uh, more of those offerings here and in other Latin American countries is very important work as well. And uh, I think is underserved in so many ways from that capacity. Um, and I think uh, doing that work and, and coming down here, man, I appreciate you. And yeah, I'm sure you'll, you'll enjoy every minute of it. Yeah, thank you for speaking to that because there's a huge cultural component mm-hmm. to this. I know there was for me in this work. And like you said, that's a whole different conversation we could talk about for days, like for me anyways, for days. Because there was a whole there was a huge unlearning that had to take place culturally for me to be open to the medicine that was available from these other brothers that looked nothing like me. That trust level of being able to take in their medicine was a huge, huge journey for me. And um, to be able to bring this into, into you know, Mexico, it's just, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's good work, man. And, uh, you know, we all, have, yeah. we all have medicine for each other, no matter what your skin tone looks like, no matter where you're from and all of that. And mm-hmm. that's sometimes with the divide and conquer society we live in, it's easy to get caught up in that narrative. But when we can really get to the heart, heart speak to heart it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside yeah, so that's uh that's the power in this work it's the way i see it at least it is it is it's it's uh it's a coming together like of a at a good place from a good mm. place you know yeah wow well i really uh i really enjoyed this conversation it was um very very touching and refreshing and uh i feel rejuvenated actually after having spoken to you and uh, i'm really glad that we got together man yeah thank you so much i appreciate it appreciate the opportunity and blessings to your beautiful family and this fatherhood journey is a good thing man i'm embracing every minute of it even the hard times hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) it's all good thank you man (laughs) all right brother guys just checking back in here and just a reminder if you did enjoy today's episode then i would appreciate you heading on over to spotify or apple music giving us a follow and a rating letting me know how you're enjoying this podcast and helping me to get this out to more people so appreciate you guys and of course if you guys are interested in the seven day hawaii men's retreat happening in the beginning of 2023 head on over to masculinemastery.co slash elemental to learn more See you guys soon.